You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. God is good. Hmm. Ah, yes, yes. I want to share with you this morning. what I call creating an environment or creating an atmosphere for miracles. How many people want to create an atmosphere? You want miracles in your life. You can create an atmosphere for the miraculous to happen. Miracles don't just happen. They are made to happen. Are you following me? They are made to happen. Oftentimes, God's people don't understand. And as a matter of fact, there is one of the gifts of the Spirit that is called the working of miracles. So that means you have to work it. Okay? Yeah. So when a miracle happens, it's, it's, it seems immediate, right? Instant. But what people don't realize is that there is a process that takes place before the instant manifestation. So, there is a process that takes place. Don't be fooled by the fact that it happens instantly. Something has been happening before that moment. Are you getting the point? Yeah, something has been happening before that moment. But when that moment comes, there is, it's like certain forces come together. And they cause things to happen. Let's start by reading Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. It says, now it happened, verse 17. I'm reading verse 17. It says, now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Okay? Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the, the tilling, or is it tiling? What do you call it? The tiling into the midst before Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, Rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately, he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, 
We have seen strange things today. <laughs> May people say that about you. We have seen strange things today. <laughs> so Jesus is there and it happened that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law there. These are the experts in the law. What law? The law of Moses, the word of God, the Torah, right? These are the experts and they're sitting down, all of them sitting. I could imagine all the dignitaries sitting there and watching. One thing you need to understand about um, about the synagogue is that the synagogue was not a place for miracles. That's normal. It's a place for debate. It's a place for teaching. It's a place for instruction, but not for miracles. Hmm? And these guys were not even people that perform miracles. I mean, they've read about it in the days of Elijah, Elisha, days of Moses. But they've not seen anything. All right? And prior to John the Baptist coming, they had not even heard, Thus says the Lord. For 400 years, there was no, Thus says the Lord. Okay? For 400 years, that's the period of time between Malachi and Matthew. 400 years of silence. God was quiet. May God not be quiet on our generation. So you can imagine generations came, lived, died, and, and they never heard God. There was not one prophet. There was not one prophetic word. There was not one miracle. Amen? Not one miracle. For 400 years, imagine. Whew. That reminds me of the, a period in church history when it is said that the church was dead. Nothing, nothing. Until God began to stir up and raise reformers would stumble over certain scriptures. And the power in those scriptures will propel them to go and begin to declare things that were against the entire system. So, these are the people John the Baptist has come and he has preached powerfully, although he did not perform any miracle. But he preached like no other person. And the power of his preaching brought so much conviction on them that they would leave cities, go to the wilderness to listen to this rugged prophet who had a, a weird dress code and a very unusual diet. Hmm? Yeah. Camel skin. Locust and honey. What a diet. What is that? Protein and what? <laughs> and carbs. <laughs> okay, at least. Huh? Locust and honey. And he will preach and preach his lungs out. And multitudes coming. People queuing up. And he is baptizing them. Right? So he needed that anointing to break that period of silence. To create an environment and an atmosphere for the Messiah to come. Do you understand? Yeah. So, oftentimes, before God will do miraculous things, there are things that have to precede that. There are things that have to precede that. Many times people just come into it, but they don't realize that there is something that has been 
is like a build-up. Okay? It's like a build-up before then. So, Jesus now comes on the scene and we know he spends like 40 days fasting and he's tempted by the devil. He overcomes the enemy. Okay? He overcomes the enemy and he comes in the power of the Spirit and he begins to perform miracles. So, wherever Jesus went, he carried his own atmosphere. Are you getting my point? Yeah. So, he had built so much capacity in the spirit. He had built so much. um, It's it's more or less like a field. You know? In science, they talk about the magnetic field. Isn't it? So, but he had a supernatural, miraculous field around him. Huh? So, when he goes, as he's, as he's going, it doesn't matter the level in that place. When he carries it, he brings heaven in, into that place. Okay? Which is what we are supposed to do. We are living in a dispensation where unbelief is the norm. As a matter of fact, we are educated to disbelieve God. Yeah. So, we are trained. The, the, the normal training that we go through breeds unbelief. So, we have to counter that and there is a way we need to do that. Hallelujah. So, Jesus comes to this place. And you'll notice that wherever Jesus went, things happened. Things always happened wherever he went. Whether it was in the synagogue, whether it was on the road, whether it was in somebody's house. Come on. Yeah. Because he carried his own atmosphere. He carried it with him. And I believe that we need to start exercising our faith, start developing our faith to a point whereby we carry our own field for miracles so that when you enter into a place, you bring your own atmosphere. You bring your own atmosphere irrespective of the unbelief in that place. You can come into that place and bring heaven with you. There is no amount of unbelief that can stop heaven. Are you getting me? Yeah. So Jesus, Jesus is, is there and he is, he is there. These people are gathered, the crowd, the place is full. There was no room for anyone to even come in. And the Bible says, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power of the Lord was present to do what? To heal them. Now, why was the power present? Because Jesus was there. Okay? He carried the presence. He carried the power with him. Are you carrying the power with you? Are you carrying it? You need to carry it. You cannot pray and fast and not carry something. Okay? Don't pray and fast without something. You need to finish this fast with something. Something needs to descend upon you. (laughs) You need to end up with your own atmosphere that you carry wherever you go. Okay? 
So, the power of God was present, and we know this, this man is paralyzed. His, his, um, his friends brought him, and they couldn't find a way to enter. They had to go through the roof, open the place at the top of the house. And, and the Bible says in verse 20, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. So, Jesus knew that the power was present. Otherwise, how will they write this? Who told Matthew, or rather Luke, that the power of God was present? So, Jesus must have narrated this. He must have told his disciples that the power was present to heal all of them. The power was present to heal all of them. But guess what? No other person got healed. No other person. Just this guy. And the Bible says Jesus saw their faith. So when there is power and then there is faith, things happen. You see, it's a combination. Power and faith cause things to happen. So, although the power was present, the others didn't get healed. And that man was not the only one that was sick. Because the Bible didn't say the power of God was present to heal him. It says the power of God was present to heal them. That means there were other sick people there. And the power was present to heal them. But, nah. Only this man, whom Jesus saw their faith. He saw their faith. Even though Jesus knew he was carrying power. He also knew that there was need for faith. And he also knew how to, rec how to identify faith. And I want you to start believing God that you will carry power. Your life will carry power. Okay? Believe for that. Expect that. Wherever you go, you carry power with you. When you are present, let the power be present. Yeah, expect that. Because you are there, there is power. How about that? Yeah, not only Jesus. He says, the words that I do shall you do. Right? Yeah. So, just hit your chest. Say, I'm carrying power. Come on. Say, Where I, wherever I am present, the power is present. Wherever I am, there is miracle power. Amen. Yeah. There's miracle power wherever you are. But do you believe it? I mean, look at someone like Peter. He's just walking. His shadow. He's healing the sick. How did they even discover that his shadow could heal the sick? So, wherever Peter is present, there is power. So, they notice that as Peter is walking and the sun is here, shadow is falling on people. Then they're getting up. Ah, what's this? They're getting up. Ah, he didn't even pray. He didn't even minister. Why? He's carrying his own atmosphere. He has been able to create his own environment. Do you understand? He has been able to create an environment. He has been able to construct an environment for the miraculous. So much that when he's walking, things are happening. 
Many people have created an environment of unbelief. Do you understand? An environment of, of fear. So when people come around them, they start feeling fearful. When people come around them, they start doubting. When people come around them, they are not sure anymore. They were sure before they got to them. Now they get to them, they are not sure. We have to change that. You know, I'm very sensitive to the kind of environments I get into. Especially when I talk, when I meet people as I engage, I interact with people, sometimes I pick certain things. And I just know who to avoid. <laughs> because I realize that there are some people, they, ha- they, 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 they carry a toxic environment. And it's built over time. So it's not as if it's something that, that happens all of a sudden. Yes? Yeah. Look at that. Acts 5.15. So they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. <sighs> Say power. <laughs> Are we going to see this in our day? Yes? Let's, Yeah. Let's build it. Let's construct it. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a force field of miracles. I remember the time Samuel, in the days of Samuel the prophet, Samuel also created a force field around him. But it was a prophetic one. In Ramah. So when people got close to Samuel, they would start prophesying. It was so powerful, so intense. Amazing. Huh? So much that when Saul came to catch David, they told him David was in Ramah. Alright? First of all, he sent people to go and arrest David. When the people get there, they will start prophesying. Imagine your enemy comes and then he starts prophesying. And Saul sends another, another group. They get there, they start prophesying. They start prophesying. Saul gets angry and decides to go himself. Huh? And when he gets there, guess what? His was even worse. He removed his clothes and was prophesying. Hallelujah. Samuel had created an environment. He had constructed a prophetic environment so that anybody that entered into that force field would start flowing prophetically. Amazing. So we can do that for miracles. It's possible by faith. It's by faith. Hallelujah. So, here Jesus comes into that place. And I know very well that that place had a lot of unbelief. Because if you look at the next verse, verse 21 of Luke chapter 5, it says, And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason. Can you see? Instead of believing, what do they do? They reason. Huh? Saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But they didn't realize this is God in the flesh. Yes? Who can forgive sins but God alone? They began to reason. The rational mind can be a limitation to the miraculous. I'm telling you. 
Now, of course, the rational mind has its place. But it doesn't have a place in the supernatural. <laughs> yeah, it has its place in the natural. So, in the natural world, it's useful. But in the realm of the spirit, it is not useful. If you want to walk in the supernatural, if you want to construct a miraculous environment, huh? or an environment for miracles, you need to learn to, to deal with your mind. Because there are times your mind will tell you lies. Okay? Your mind will, will fight your faith. Your mind will fight what God is saying. And you need to start from there. It starts from you. Not the atmosphere. It starts from within. But then it spreads. Okay? So you can, you can now begin to trust God, believe God, wherever I go. Huh? Angels go with me. For example... I've shared the testimony of how I was in a, in, in a plane with, that developed issues. And I just touched the guy next to me and said, don't worry. Because I'm here. You're safe. <laughs> I, said, I said to him, angels, move with me. I move with angels. Yeah, because I was aware... In the midst of the chaos, I was aware of the environment I was carrying. Do you understand? And part of my audience is angels. But you need to start believing. God has given every one of us angels. But do we believe? Do you believe you have angels? At least one angel. Is moving with you all the time. You don't see it, but he's there. Some people have more than one, but at least everybody has one. Yeah, I have at least two. <laughs> huh? He says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. All the days of my life. Yeah. So one of my angels is called goodness. The other one is called mercy. <laughs> Following me all the time. So when I need goodness, that goodness angel will, do just, will just do some things and good things will just come my way. Huh? When there's need for mercy, then the other one shows up. He manifests. Hallelujah. But I want us to believe God that we will create an environment in this city. Okay? That will make it easy for people to get saved. It will make it easy for people to get healed. It will make it easy for people to be delivered. It is possible. It has happened in the past before and it can happen again. But we can start from here. Hallelujah. Start from here. And we start believing God that people that w walk past this place will just get healed. Say, ah, what is happening here? I'm just, I'm fine. I was sick. Now I'm okay. Is it possible? It's possible. It's possible. It happened to John G. Lake. You know? This man, I mean, he worked in so much power that when he left South Africa and went to went back to the U.S. to Spokane, Washington, it is said that when he got there, the rate of diseases dropped. <laughs> One man. In an entire city. Can you imagine that? Wouldn't it be great that it would be hard for people to die of sickness and diseases around us? 
Let's do that. Let's believe that. Let's, let's trust God for that. Let's, let's ask for that. Why? Because if heaven were praying, as it is in heaven, let it be on earth. And we're saying, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If the kingdom has come, then we should expect such things. Because the kingdom comes with such things. Comes with such things. So, this man is, is, is there and he is lying down. But Jesus, the Bible says, saw their faith. How did Jesus see their faith? He saw the way, the effort that they put in just to get this man before Jesus. And it took faith to do that because that's a risk. How do you go and open someone's roof? And put your friend, because your friend is sick. That is a risk. One, one word for faith is risk. We call it faith in the world. It's called risk. So if you are risk averse, you cannot see miracles. You cannot see miraculous interventions. If you, only have, if you always have to be in a comfort zone all the time, you're living in a comfort zone all the time, I'm telling you, you will miss out on the real fun. The fun of seeing God do impossible things. Yeah. So many people will not pray for anyone because they... They don't want to risk anything. What if nothing happens? You see, that's a problem. That's, that's that reasoning. That is the reasoning faculty that short circuits the supernatural. What if it happens? Why, why, why don't you think like that? Let me do this. What if this happens when I do this? Rather than saying, what if it doesn't happen? You know, they ask, there's a man of God, Maurice Cerullo. Um, he's, he's a bit advanced in age right now. But, you know, this guy, healing evangelist. And this man, I mean, he traveled like over 100 countries preaching, you know, mighty signs and wonders. This man was asked one day, what will you do if you went to somewhere and you prayed for someone and, if, and, and nothing happened? Because he had this school where he was teaching people how to flow in the supernatural. And so this guy asked a question. If you pray and nothing happens, you pray and nothing happens, you pray and nothing happens, what are you going to do? You know what he said? He said, if I pray for 100 people and nothing happens... I'm going to look for another hundred people and pray for them. And if nothing happens, I will look for another hundred people and pray for them. One day, when one gets healed, it's going to erase all the other ones that didn't get healed. That's the testimony of that one. It's going to wipe away the failures. I said, now, that's the kind of mindset that gets miracles. Huh? You know what? This man came to London years ago for a crusade. I'll never forget, mission to London. And people were protesting. The media were protesting. People were saying, this man, these Americans have come with this, the American nonsense again. And, you know, they're bringing false hope to people and all of that. They're going to, you know, they're going to cause people to be disappointed. How can they claim that people are going to be healed? Do you know that some people were protesting with placards? To say, you are a false prophet. You have come to give people false hope. Even disabled people were protesting. On wheelchairs, they, they were protesting. But you know this, the, the amazing thing? 
one of the people on the wheelchair protesting got healed. Come on. God has a sense of humor. Imagine you are saying, get away. You are a false prophet. There is no such thing as healing. Then you fight. You are healed. Ha! Yes. So God was making a statement. And were there miracles in that place? My, oh my. I'll never forget. I've never seen so many miracles in the UK. Because this man was so bold. My goodness. The adverts were so bold. Blatant in your face. They would say things, he would say things like, you'll, you'll see, you'll see an image of, you know this cane that what blind people use? They would put a picture there. And then they will write under it, some people will see for the first time. And then they will show wheelchair and then see, show it empty. Some people will walk out of wheelchair for the first time. And miracles are coming to London. London had never seen such a thing. Now there are people performing miracles in London. But at that time, it was a hard place. It was a hard place, a place of unbelief. But it took one man who was confident. And he brought this and he used all the money that was available to him to splash it all over the city. Huh? Devil was reacting. But guess what? God showed up. God showed up. Huh? And I remember even um, Charles Spurgeon's great-granddaughter got healed. And she was one of those protesting. She got healed at that um, event. So we can carry something. It doesn't matter the atmosphere. We get in there. We just take charge. In the name of Jesus, we take charge of the atmosphere. We take charge and we declare miracles as we walk in. As you walk into the office, let there be miracles. Do you understand me? Start believing that. Start expecting it. So when people say, oh, things are not okay, you tell them, don't worry, don't worry. Now that I'm here, everything will be fine. He said, who do you think you are? You know who you are. You are the ambassador of Christ. Amen? You are a king in God's kingdom. And because you are there, things have to be different. You carry your own atmosphere. Don't wait for it to be created by them because they won't. You carry it yourself. You carry it yourself. And there are different ways you can do that. Especially if you... It starts with a consciousness. You need to develop a consciousness for God's, of God's presence and heaven. Right? Jesus says, the kingdom of God is in your midst. How? He brought it. Okay? So you need to believe. You need to now have a, a kingdom consciousness. You need to have a heaven consciousness. Not Dying to go to heaven, but bringing heaven to the earth. Okay? You need to start believing. Start expecting. Start asking for heaven to show up whenever you, you show up. That's where it starts. So, Jesus had this consciousness. Even Elijah. Elijah had something similar. Elijah had something similar. He was before the king, but he was more conscious of God. He says, there will be no rain or dew, except by my word. But it, he said, as the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand. Can you see? It's that consciousness that brings that kind of atmosphere. Before whom I stand. 
So the problem is that many of us stand before situations, but we don't stand before God. So you stand before your mountain, but you don't stand before God. So when you see the mountain, the mountain is bigger than you, so you are intimidated. But then if you stand before God, before you stand before your mountain, the mountain looks easy. Now, am I saying that we won't face challenges? No, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that we need to develop something that will counter all of that. There's a lot of unbelief in the atmosphere. There's a lot of unbelief in the media. There's a lot of unbelief. You know, wherever we go to in society, it's full of unbelief. So we must not allow that to, to enter into our hearts and then now begin to render our faith ineffective. Do you understand? Yeah, we want to carry our own environment. Carry it with you. So, that consciousness is number one. Hmm? And you see that Elijah, 1 Kings 17, 1. That's right. Yes. The next thing you need to do, I remember something. Let me, let me read it. It's in um, 2 Kings chapter 3. The story is in 2 Kings chapter 3. I'm not sure of the verse. But there, let's see. Uh, Elisha. That's, that's Elijah's, Elijah's protege, right? He has taken over from... Um, he has taken over from Elijah... And there is war. Moab is fighting against Israel. Okay? And look at what happens. Now, the king, Jehoshaphat, wants, he wants to call for a man of God that will give them the word of the Lord. Okay? Jehoshaphat, um, let's look at Verse 11, okay. Jehoshaphat said, Is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here. Who poured water on the hands of Elijah? And Jehoshaphat said, The word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. And when Elisha said to the king of Israel, What have I to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother. Huh? But the king of Israel said to him, No, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. And Elisha said, As the Lord God of hosts lives before whom I stand. Can you see the same statement Elijah made? Elisha also had this consciousness. Before whom I stand. I thought he's before these kings. But he says, Before whom I stand, Surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not look at you, nor see you. Prophets in those days were something else. He is telling the king of, you know, of, of Israel, I'm not, even go, I'm not interested in you. In fact, I just respect Jehoshaphat. That's why I'm even looking at you. I won't even talk to you. Oh my God. <laughs> Where is the niceness? Huh? Meek as a lamb. No, this is not the time to be meek. This is the time to be prophetic. Hallelujah. So, Elijah now says, But now, bring me a musician. 
in the King James, old King James, it says, bring me a minstrel. Not just a musician. There's, there's a musician who carries the presence of God. Okay? Bring me a musician. Then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. My Lord. Now, before this time, the atmosphere that these kings brought grieved the prophet. All right? So now, Elisha says, bring me a minstrel. And as he played, irrespective of what the king of Israel brought, the hand of the Lord speaks of the Spirit of God. Anytime you see the hand of the Lord, it's referring to the Spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit now comes upon the prophet Elisha as they play, play. Huh? What were we singing the other time? We were singing Ron Canoli. Hallowed be your name. As they're just singing it, singing it, playing it, playing it, playing it, playing it. The hand of the Lord comes on Elisha. Irrespective of the environment, irrespective of what these people bring, huh? God is saying, my hand, my spirit, heaven comes down. And then he now prophesies. Look at the next verse. He now prophesies. And he said, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. Come on. For thus says the Lord, ye shall not see wind, neither shall you see rain. Yet the valley shall be filled with water that ye may drink, both ye and your cattle and your beasts. Huh? (laughs) This is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. He will also deliver the Moabites into your hand. Mighty God, you need this kind of thing when you go going to, to battle. Hallelujah. And also you shall attack every fortified city and every choice city and shall cut down every good tree and stop up every spring of water and ruin every good piece of land with stones. Whew. Now it happened in the morning when the grain offering was offered that suddenly water came by way of Edom and the land was filled with water. Can you imagine? Water, there was no rain. Water just came by the prophetic word. Hallelujah. But you you notice that, first of all, the atmosphere was not right. It was not conducive. Okay? It was not conducive. How did he make it conducive? Bring me a minstrel. As a minstrel played, then the spirit came. When the spirit came, then he prophesied. And after he gave the word, it happened exactly according to his word. The problem is that many times we prophesy without the atmosphere. Okay? Yeah. The hand of the Lord has not come yet. And you are quick to quick to, 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 to prophesy and declare. And you wonder why nothing happened. You need to create the atmosphere first. Hallelujah. You need to construct an atmosphere in the spirit. Carry it with you. Okay, carry it with you. You need to, as you're driving, going to work, you need, you need, to, you need to now do something. Hmm? Play worship. Do something. Worship God. Pray in the Spirit. Holy Spirit, come down. Lay your hand upon me. Saturate me. Saturate this car. I want to carry your atmosphere. I want to, I want to neutralize every contrary atmosphere. You know, when as I step out of this place, I want to carry your presence. I want to carry your glory. Amen. I want to carry your miracle power so that you'll be walking as it were in a bubble. 
Imagine a miracle bubble. Ah! Everything else is happening around, but you are intact because you've created. Hallelujah. You have spoken. You have believed. You have asked. And God has, you know, come down and overwhelmed you. Surround you. So that when you walk around. I'm telling you, these things I used to see in our teenage years when we used to pray a lot. Ah, we'll be walking like that in the streets and then we'll see people. We'll just see people, they'll just... At first, I didn't understand. I didn't understand. What, what is the meaning of that? Then one of my friends, we met, we were praying. He said, did you notice that every time we pass, people just bow? I said, oh, so you, you notice that? And this other one said, yeah, I noticed as well. This other one said, yes, I noticed as well. Then later on, one of us, the guy that was leading us said, those are witches bowing to the power of God in you. Hallelujah. So, uh, ordinarily, you just walk past them. You don't know. But because you're carrying a glory, when they come in contact with that, they just, they'll step aside and allow us to pass. And we're just young people. Young people. Just loving Jesus. We didn't even pray for miracles. We just wanted to love Jesus. We're just praying for God to, you know, save people. That's all. But he caused us to now begin to carry an atmosphere around us. And now I'll say this. Let me close with this. A friend of mine, in those days, that time, I, I, I don't know, I noticed something. His room was so anointed. Okay? So each time I was sick, I would go and lie on his bed. I will just go to his... He never knew why. It was just recently I told him. I will just go lie on his bed before God. When I wake up, I'm telling you the truth before God. I woke up healed. Wait. I don't know how many times I did it. But I just realized that Whenever I just go around him, there is a kind of atmosphere around him. Some people will call it aura, whatever you want to call it. But listen, there is something supernatural that you can carry with you. Amen? Let's believe God for that. Let's believe God to be able to carry that. That can even serve as a protection for you. That can even serve, you know, it can do many things. Let's, let's believe God. Hallelujah. An atmosphere for the miraculous. So, so that the miraculous things will happen on a daily basis in our lives because we are there. Let's stand up and pray. Come on. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.